Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with your laser. I told you you couldn't get through. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke. Mullets and Memories, a MacGyver podcast about MacGyver. Silly putty with a bang. What? Who's that? Now that I have your attention, uh. let it be known that the annual physics follies has been fractured. Oh, I like physics. To the final Phys- four finalists. Phys- final four. Four fi- right. final finalists. Just ask him, Jeffrey Kramer. Yay, hey, Jeffrey. Way to go, Jeffrey. All right. Jeffrey, I love you. Beautiful in both brain and body, Hillary Chapman. Yeah, Hillary Chapman. Hillary Chapman. You one got this in the bag. Son of the great one himself, David Ryman. Right, David. Richard, Richard Feynman? No, last but certainly not least, uh, this year's since winner with the best barricade since the Great Wall of China, mm-hmm. me. Uh, clap. What are we? What are we plotting? Well, some sort of a convention, fa- follies, a comp- some sort of a competition, I guess, is oh. is what's happening. Um, but uh, before we get into that, welcome to Mullets and Memories. Mullets and Memories. I am your host Dave Champa. I'm your other host Greg Klein. This is Mullets and Memories, episode fifty-three. Today, Greg and I will be talking about season three, episode nine, Hell Week. Which I thought this whole time it was like a Navy SEALs kind of thing. Okay. But uh, sure was not. I may or may not have been convinced that based on my knowledge of the word Hell Week that it was referring to um, theater. Oh, yep. As in the Hell Week being the week before the show opens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would have maybe made for some better television. Well, there was a lot of theatrics. That's true. That's for sure. Maybe we could have seen MacGyver on stage quoting Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Or Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, yes. Perhaps. While Uh, while drinking uh, ginger ale. Maybe he could be an Equus. He could be a big... Equus is the full full front's nudity in Equus. Yeah. Perhaps. Can he wear a big horse head? I would expect nothing less from, from MacGyver. All he'd have to do is let his hair grow a little more. Oh, he would and then have. he could weave it into like a big <laughs> hair mache horse head. He could play the horse, MacGyver as the horse. He only he's credited as MacGyver, but not his real name. But it's like it's like goofy. Like you ever see top, the movie Top Secret? Oh, I love that movie. The cow, yeah, the cow yeah. suit. So it's like a horse with like boots. Uh, <laughs> that would be much more interesting than. A good chunk of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Not to say this episode was bad. Quite enjoyable. But I, I thought say. I thought it was enjoyable. If only for one moment that occurs within the first three and a half minutes <laughs> of the episode, <laughs> which uh, we will get to actually pretty quickly here. Stunning. Um, so we didn't actually have many notes for this episode because, I mean, there were some enjoyable parts, but I think our notes are limited, but I think we still have some good, some good conversational pieces happening during this. It was this. a joy. And this um, is another one that we've actually watched together. We did. It's becoming more and more frequent that we're watching 
watching these together, which is which is nice. And now that I've rearranged the the uh, recording room, we can actually easily watch the episodes and then come right over to record immediately following, which is what at the time of this recording, probably two hours ago, I think we've yeah. just since watched this episode. So it's it's a little it's a little fresher in our heads, which we I think we tend to like a little bit more because um, I think it provides better conversation. So it does. All right, so let's go ahead and dive in. <clears throat> So what you guys heard in the opening there was um, a student at Western Tech, uh, MacGyver's alma mater, and uh, MacGyver has been invited to judge the annual Physics Follies competition. Oh! Now, there's a sub-competition within this phys- this Follies competition, so what I'm guessing is it's like a, it's like a physics fair. Yes. Basically, we people like they, you know, it's like sort of like the high school science fairs where you're like, oh, is this potato clock really work? Like stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But within the physics follies, there's a more intensified competition called the the barricade contest, yeah. where uh, these students need to sort of barricade their doors shut, and then each of the finalists needs to figure out how to get into one of the other rooms. Right, and whoever's barricade is last to open is the winner. Right now. We obviously uh, know this because MacGyver uh, was one of the past winners of the contest. Mm-hmm. Um, he judged the; he's now judging the physics follies competition. Yeah, but just him, just him. He's the only one. Not even, not even like the head of the physics department will be judging this. He's just kind of be yeah. wandering around with who, MacGyver, who, who could have been like Hamlet's father, right? Oh, he was great. Or his uncle. Looked more like Hamlet's uncle. He was a rather he was rather dickish, but yeah. um mm. so we heard that. So we meet the finalists, and one of those four finalists, his name is David, and he is the son of Professor Ryman, who's basically the head of the physics department. He's mm. a Nobel Prize winner, mm. um, pretty well renowned uh f- physics professor. So uh, MacGyver is sort of visiting the Hall of Fame. And he's looking up at a, a picture. Um, it's basically from 1958 to present day. And each year, they post a picture of the winner of the last year's contest. And 1973 shows up, and uh, it's a picture of MacGyver uh, 15 years prior. Mm. Pretty thick head of hair. Kind of a different color. Kind of a different color. But the most telling feature of this photo is MacGyver's thick bushy mustache oh man we will post a picture uh before this episode comes out so you can all bask in that glorious glorious mustache if you haven't seen it look it up on instagram right now yes um i would imagine that macgyver gave plenty of mustache rides oh uh, geez while whilst in college well you do know this is when he was with what's her name amy Uh, austin amy austin yeah that's right so so amy austin was was privilege to the mustache yes she was she sure was yeah <laughs> but if you noticed if you noticed though in that flashback scene where macgyver's like oh i got us a job on a ship right he doesn't have a mustache he does not because so we imagine that in 73 he was probably like maybe a freshman sophomore in college yeah because at the time of flame's end when they flash back 10 years it was like 76 okay um so three years that makes a little bit of sense okay he would maybe maybe his maybe amy maybe this is the mustache is pre-Amy. Amy didn't like the mustache. I see. And made him shave it off. I see. I don't appreciate I that. I see. But, you know, he did what he had to do, I suppose, for love, and then that love crushed his heart. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> love crushed my heart. Oh, 
must be really tough being MacGyver. Yeah, but this is he he had a good time at college, I guess, because this professor loved him. He was one of the I think he referred to MacGyver as one of the best, like one of the best students I've ever had. And he encounters him in the hallway while MacGyver's, uh, you know, thinking uh, nostalgically about these old photos and, and what it was like to go to school there. Right. And the professor is in the hallway talking to him. It's like, you know, you're one of the best. Why didn't you consider continue with physics? You're one of the few that strayed from the path. Right. He's like, yeah, I've, I've found better things to do. He's like, I do more than do what I love. I'm happy with I'm happy with what I'm doing. Yeah, and he kind of was like, no, bullshit. Yeah, well, <laughs> when you think about it, no, you're not. You well, you probably enjoy some aspects of it, but as right. we talked about the last episode, all your friends are dying. Right, everyone that you know and love is slowly dying. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna get in my car, and I'm gonna go home. You're in charge of the physics follies because I don't want to be anywhere near you. <laughs> um, so they yeah they discuss all of this stuff, and then Ryman. Um, invites him to meet the next generation of of students and he brings him to uh he brings him to the physics lab and he looks at all the students doing this uh doing their their projects and they're working on these assignments and um he's he meet we meet up with his son who's who's having trouble with with what he's working on and uh he's like well you know professor ryman is like david you got to use what's around you mm-hmm. if you're having a problem use something that's around you and he's so he, he was complaining that in the physics lab they didn't have some of the materials he needed to fix his experiment he needed something to plug a hose or whatever right and and he's like look around you there's stuff improvise yeah and so he's like listen and he starts talking about macgyver and he's like macgyver has a gift unlike you Basically shitting like, on his son wow. in front of everybody. Holy crap. So David is like, yeah, so David's having like a problem. Like there's some gas leaking out of his experiment. And he's like, listen, I don't have the materials to plug this leak. I don't know what I'm going to do. And his dad like humiliates him because he walks over to another student who's chewing gum and he puts out a napkin. And he's like, spit it out. Spit it out. But you notice MacGyver told him to do that with his eyes. Yes. MacGyver's like, he like doesn't want to give it, give it away because he wants David to figure it out. Right, but uh, his father jumps to conclusion, jumps ahead, and grabs the gum from this girl, right? And plugs the hole with the gum, and he basically humiliates David so bad by plugging this hole. And he says, right before he leaves, he's like, "There's nothing worse than a physicist who's stupefied by the obvious." I know, and he storms out of the office. It's awful. Oh, like, it's what? Absolutely terrible. Like, I'm thinking, did he sit on a cactus? A couple years ago, and never pull it out. Oh, he's just terrible, and and he doesn't. He really doesn't let up for a majority of the episode. No, it's awful. He's such a jerk yeah. to his son, and I don't know why. I know There's they don't no really reason. explain the history. We only get bits and pieces of their past together. So MacGyver pulls the professor aside and he's like, "Listen, you're putting too much pressure on this kid. Listen, you you just you got to let him just live his life and do his own thing." And he's yeah. really unsympathetic towards it. And he's like, "No, it's <laughs> like I'm not going to let him do that." And so David, David's like, well, I, I have to win my dad's respect because yeah. he's desperate. He's desperate for. It. He's like, I'm going to win this barricade contest. Yeah. And so he shows off the setup of the barricade contest, which is pretty ingenious. This whole setup. So what it is <laughs> is he's got this piston attached to a uh, remote controlled garage door opener. Clever. And what it does is it pushes the piston up against the door and locks the door in place. Yeah. But while that's happening, he has a scale model version of the room off to the right of the door with a periscoped peephole. It's amazing. So when somebody looks into the peephole, they're going to see the model of the room. So when they push the garage door opener, they're going to see the model lock the door 
but what it's actually doing is it's unlocking the door yeah. and vice versa. So it's when confusing the, them. When the, when the people, so when they see the people unlock it, it's actually locking the door. So as he put it, when they solve the problem, they are in fact locking the door. Right. Confusing you. And it's, it's, it's ingenious. It's yeah. absolutely. So when the, like I said, so when the door is unblocked, the d- more model door is blocked and, and vice versa, but. This is the best. So one of the one of the competitors, I think his name was Jeffrey. Yeah, what a dick. He sees them heading for the room. He and uh, Janet are heading towards the room together, and he pulls out a parabolic microphone, like a big, <laughs> just a big giant bionic ear. Yeah, and he starts listening to the whole thing, like from across the hall through the door. Right, right. Like, okay. And so you clearly know that there's going to be some sort of a deception going on here. So when they're getting ready to leave, Janet finds basically finds speed. Some stimulants in uh, David's room because David's he, she's been complaining that he's been staying awake for, all, for too long trying to do this right, not going to sleep, you know, not not doing his work properly, and right, like kind of cracking out a bit, right. And they get into kind of a big argument, and uh, David just like shoves Janet into the door, mm-hmm. and she's just like, well, I'm just gonna have to leave if you're gonna do this. I can't, right. I can't be a part of this. So she sort of storms off, and we see the last shot of Jeffrey in the door with the uh, with the, with the microphone. Yeah, and just like, like puts it down and slowly, slowly what a, shuts. What a creeper! Jeffrey was a schmuck. Yeah, it was pretty what funny. A, just putz. <laughs> the next day is when the uh, barricade contest begins. Mm. We were like he said, we're down to the four finalists. The final four finalists, right? I hated when he said that. It was just it didn't sound natural. We're down at to all. the final four finalists, and he mentions that he's got the best, the best barricade since the Great Wall of China. It's terrible, and he's the first one that shows his off. And basically, what it is is he has twelve dead bolted locks. Yeah, and it's sort of like the game lights out. Where okay. you push one light and then all the other lights come on, but you have to basically clear all the lights on the board. Yeah. So he's like, if you turn one, two others may lock, mm-hmm. but if you unlock that one, the other ones might unlock. So you're going to have to find the right combination of locks to unlock my door. And so right. he thinks it's foolproof. And one of the other guys, I think Jeffrey, is the one who's like, well, by that, then logically, there's 4,000 da-da-da-da-da possible yeah. combinations. Key combinations. So it's it's not impossible. And it is doable, and everyone's like, Ooh. "Well, when he said key combinations, I got a bone to pick about that." What do you got? Because all the damn keys are in the locks, right? He's not picking locks; he's just turning, he's yeah, just and turning it, keys. And it didn't look like the deadbolts were interconnected to each other, so that you turn one deadbolt, it locks the other deadbolt, and right? You have to get the right order. We'll get to how he diffused it, but right, exactly. I was like, "Yeah, it was basically you know the trick was you just got to find the right combination of which ones to lock and which ones to unlock right and that's it um then we meet hillary again who in her room has a balance uh a balance uh and in, in each of them are like a one, scale yeah, yeah yeah exactly one of them is a glass of chablis and one's a glass of water and tilting it either way is going to complete the circuit and then open the door now they need to figure out how they're going to get the scales to tilt Mm-hmm. One way or another to open the circuit. Now he solved it a lot simpler than I thought they were going to I do. Did, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, I was expecting more. Yeah. Um. D- David describes his challenge, which we already know. It's the piston on the door, but through the periscope, they're actually showing the model mm-hmm. of the room. Pretty ingenious. I thought definitely easily the best. Right. <laughs> and they hype it up throughout the episode as like being the best. And then Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey shows his door. And it's an electric time lock, 
Yeah. Basically, they need to find the right time. They need to get to the right time, which will then trigger the lock. But basically, it's just like a safe door. I know. He took his like a, a this <laughs> steel-clad, like half-inch steel plate on his wooden dorm door. Right. Like how to rivets and all kinds of shit. It's like destruction of property because he probably you... cut a hole in the door and then had to like. What's holding all that weight? That uh, whatever giant bolts through the. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's just a time lock, so all you have to do is wait, and it's going to open. Right. Right. But they're trying to figure out like how do you speed it up right. to hit the right time. But yeah, you could have just waited. Right. Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. What opened? I get it. Um. So the contest starts and. Uh, Jeffrey starts off first trying to do, um, trying to unlock the deadbolts. Yeah. So what he does is he, he uses, um, iron filings and a huge magnet. Yeah. And like he, a comically big horseshoe magnet, yeah. like red and black. It's like, like a horse with size 87 feet. Yeah, right. Huge. And he, <laughs> horse with size 87 feet. I don't know. Like, like almost the size of a toilet seat. Yes. Yeah, pretty yeah, much that Absolutely. Big. So he puts he puts the magnets up to two of the locks and then he drops the iron filings against the um against the wall and basically mm-hmm. if the iron filings stick to the wall that is where the lock has been locked. Right, cuz he knows that he can just unlock them. Cuz the deadbolt shaft protrudes into the jam of the uh, to the casing of the door. Right. But like in this case, it sticks into the door like six inches. Oh, like, absolutely. It's a what huge, the hell? It is a huge lock. Anyway. And so he does that. He does it all the way down. He's the first one, and Aaron is the first one knocked out of the competition. Yeah, so. Opens pretty easily. Sorry, buddy. Um, David has figured out, and I'm curious to know if you had a thought as to what they were going to do um, for the glass of wine on the scale with the water. Well, first, I thought it was going to be something different. So she said, you have to tip the scale either way, and the door will open. Right. So I'm like, well... You should have to tip it only one way, and if you tip it the other way, it locks even more. Like, you can't open it. Right. Like, I was trying to think that. Like, it only will tip one way, and I thought they were going to do something. Well, one's water, one's a glass of wine. Right. I, I thought they might do something with, like, like the density of water and wine, because there's alcohol in the wine, and there's it's carbonated, or sorry, it's champagne. So, it's cha- I don't know. I was I was overthinking it. Yeah. It's like, well, they could do something really cool yeah, here. Yeah, because it was just one or the other. And it, it was kind of a dumb solution right because what he does is he gets a frequency generator yeah and he puts the speakers up to the door and he just starts turning the generator until it hits the right frequency to shatter one of the two glasses which is crazy because it's full of water and it would definitely dampen the vibrations enough in the glass not to shatter it right I don't right, and it, and it would have to be so damn loud well and because at one point everyone starts like cringing because this frequency is getting loud i kept thinking about that episode where they killed the guy in the basement in the garage oh, right with the high frequency and they right. burst his eardrums and killed him that's awful that's what i kept imagining like their ears are going to start bleeding and they're just all like they yeah. all end up in like crumpled heaps all right. over the floor i thought it would be i i really was thinking there would be a better answer to this one that was a little more like you know creative rather than right. just breaking the glass right exactly like, eh. <laughs> i was not into that yeah so that door opens, mm-hmm. and so now um, Hillary is now knocked out of the competition. So then we get to Jeffrey and David, who are the last two. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, uh, he hooks up. He gets so excited. He's like, guys, guys, I found a frequency converter. We're going to hook it up to the AC line. Like, really excited. Right. And so he basically hooks it up, and when he turns it on, it increases the speed of the time clock. So let's, let's – I'm just going to break this down a bit. So, so Jeff – 
right? Yes. Jeffrey. Yeah. Yep. Jeffrey built his time clock door. Yes. That's in his dorm room. Yes. And then wired it into the electrical the electrical right outside his door. In in the room or whatever. He plugged it in so it's getting its timing yeah. from the AC current fluctuations. That's how the clock is running at the correct right. speed. Right. So I'm like, so it's not self-contained? Yeah. <laughs> so what if somebody turned the power off to the building or just unplugged it? It wouldn't work. Right. It, it, it would be all set. It would so be it's done. A little, it's a little meh. So, so I kind of like the idea of increasing the frequency of the current to make it go faster. Right. But that would kind of also increase the frequency of other stuff. And yeah. Whatever. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. So, it, so the clock starts slowly turning minute by minute. Starts slowly turning faster. Yes, that too. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I think the Benadryl might not be. But it's the fact. <laughs> might be making me a little, little slurry. Um, so <laughs> while while the clock is moving faster, uh, Jeffrey is able to figure out the lock system. Yep. He, but he doesn't say anything yet. He realizes that when the piston in the periscope um, locks the door, the door actually is now unlocked. Right. So, but he waits because he knows that what he did, like he know because. You kind of get the sense now that there's some cheating happening right now. Well, because he already saw, no, he knows what's going on, right? So he waits purposely, and, and so like, watching David sweating and sweating as the clock's getting closer and right. closer and closer to unlocking his door. And I think the clock door opens at seven o'clock. Yeah, I think he waited until like six forty or six thirty. And yeah. then all of a sudden, right before his door opened, he's like, "Hey, oh, hey, hey I did it! The door opened. I got opened. it! I opened it!" He figured it like quote unquote. Like he figures out that he's like, "Oh, it was just an illusion." He's like, "It's already open. It's good." And then five seconds later, they cut back to the door, mm-hmm. and the timer hits, and the door opens, and David was just like, "It's just ten more seconds, man. Just ten more, ten more seconds, and, and I would have gotten and it." And like that's that's what breaks him. Yeah, David now is broken, thoroughly broken yes. in half, in pieces. He just crumbles. He's like, and then runs, now, runs away like a all whiny this time, little baby. My dad said I was not good. Now I know. I, now I know that he knows that I'm right. And I'm a loser. And that, I don't yeah. know what I'm saying anymore. And he bails. I sound like John Travolta. <laughs> he really did. That was good. It's a good John Travolta. It was a bad. It was an accident. And I think the Benadryl that you took is rubbing <laughs> off on me. Oh uh, man, I'm never buying the liquid the liquid caps again. <laughs> I think they're a little stronger than I thought. I'm feeling a little like, yeah. Uh, Hopefully it'll take the swelling in my foot down, but we'll find out. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. So the other students are like celebrating that Jeffrey won, and they're getting ready to go off for drinks, and MacGyver kind of wanders into the room, into David's room, and he's looking around. He's just like, man, he's like, this is really, really clever. Yeah. He was laughing. He's like, damn. And it was just a weird place to cut to commercial, because that's it. Like He's like, yeah. He's like, Wow. It was yeah. really awesome, man. Yeah. And great. He saw the periscope and everything, and it was cool. And he's like, I, I see what he did. That's clever. Yeah. It was pretty. It was a pretty cool moment there. Um, so we're at the after party, and everyone's having drinks. And um, MacGyver's like, listen, I don't know if we ever have the first name of Professor Raymond, do we? I don't know. Because I don't know if MacGyver ever refers to him as a first name. But he's like, listen, uh, Raymond. He's like, listen, David. David's got a lot of problems. Like, yeah. You know he's he feels inferior to you. You got a Nobel Peace Prize, and he's like, listen, he's also taking uh, stimulants. Like he's taking speed. Like we found drugs in his room. What? No, my son wouldn't do that. No, no, he's not doing that. Yeah, he just completely denies. He's like, no, my no, not not him. I don't Never. believe you. 
And, then, and MacGyver's like, yeah, you don't believe me, do you? Right. But we we do, and this is exactly what's happening. And he's like, I, I have a strange feeling that Jeffrey is not telling us everything. Yeah. And so he's like, uh, he basically he's like, uh, oh, oh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, could you oh, come over here? Oh, someone said my name? Yeah. Could you come over here for a moment, Jeffrey? I, oh, I heard my name. Could you explain to us how you figured out David's door and how that was able to open? Oh, it was, it was open to begin with. It was an illusion. He's like, great, okay, cool. Um, and so then he starts. You can tell he's like, he's really starting to get panicked. Mm-hmm. He's like, shit, uh, uh, they're on to me. And he starts like, m- just like w- talking really, really yeah. fast and says, sci- explain scientifically how you discovered that. Yeah, he's like, oh, he used to use a periscope and a thing in the door and yeah, and, and, the, and a and, and a model. The, he's like, oh, th- yeah, that's very clever. He did, he did do that, right? And MacGyver's like, okay, however. <laughs> You never actually walked into that room. You never saw what was in that room. There was no way you could have known that periscope or that room model existed, which means that you got that information beforehand. Mm-hmm. I was like, and yeah. you can see the professor is just like fuming. Yeah, fuming, like t- tearing like, Jeffrey? Jeffrey apart. Is this true? I don't even know if Jeffrey actually admitted it. He just leaves. Yeah. And that's the last we see of Jeffrey. Right. No repercussions. Like, we don't know. I wanted some resolution. Like, yeah. are you going to expel him? Are you going to fail him and make him retake the court? Like, what do you do? No. Dude cheated on, like, uh, uh, apparently the biggest competition in that school's history. It's been happening since 1958. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> so, that's crazy. And like only 30 maybe some odd years. 10 people were there to witness it. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> clearly, clearly, it's really popular with the physics group, with the physics labs. Um, <laughs> So Professor and MacGyver, they they leave the party to try to find David to see where he's to see where he is, and they because yeah, like, he he legitimately won. Right, they go into his room and they're looking around. They can't find anything, and then we cut to one of the. Well, fit- they go to his room, and what's his, her name's already there. Janet's there, sitting, Janet, sitting. Yeah, in the sit, it's like you got to help me. You got to help me. You got to help me. David's not. Yeah, David yeah. is um at the physics lab, and he's doing something really bad. Yeah, he's drunk. And he's down like probably half of his stash of uh, of speed, yeah, of his of his stimulants. So he's he's taking fistfuls of speed and chugging Jack Daniels. Yeah. Now I can't remember if he called them or if he was already on the phone. She was already on the phone. She came out and got MacGyver and, and Professor McGonagall. <laughs> Professor McGonagall, perfect. Um, so David gets on the horn with his dad, and he just starts like, "You were never there for me, Dad. You never did this. You never did this." Blah, 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 like it blah. all comes out. Yeah, all of it. And so finally, they get to the end of the conversation. He's like, and I have created the ultimate barricade. No one's going to get in and no one's going to get out. And they're like, what are you, what are you talking about? What did you do? He wired the entire lab and he built a bomb right in the center of the lab so that when the timer goes off, the entire floor of that lab will go off and detonate. Right. Right. It's like, what? Okay. Wow. It was, and we'll find, and we'll, we'll talk about it as when we get to the actual sighting of the bomb how intricate it was. And it was great. Clearly not 60 minutes worth of work. <laughs> no, he must have been planning this thing forever. Right. This is totally premeditated. Oh, it, it feels, it really feels like it is. So, so Ryman and MacGyver, they head over to the lab and Janet's like, all right, so yeah, Janet tells him where he is. And so <laughs> Professor Ryman's like, MacGyver, we have to disarm that bomb. This is like a, gr- this is like a terrible situation. MacGyver's like, why? He's like, because the plutonium lab is right above the physics lab. Yeah, it's like the it's nuclear like, physics lab is above my lab. It's like, wait, what? He's like, yeah. yeah, there's plutonium on campus. Did anyone tell you? Yeah. Oh, fucking plutonium. I wonder if it came from from the the Libyans from uh, remember from Back, <laughs> from to, the Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Yeah. Yeah. 
When yep. this baby hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some pretty Maybe Maybe shit. that's where Doc started. <laughs> at, like, West, at Western Tech? Yeah, Western Tech. He just left some shit behind. Big <laughs> just found the plutonium. Box full of plutonium. <laughs> so they get to the doors of the laboratory, and they're open <laughs> doors, and you don't see David yet. But uh, his, his dad tries to walk in and gets shocked the shit and knocked backwards. <laughs> David wired up the door frame with like high voltage coils, yeah, and a, a motion sensor, so that when you get close to it, it jumps a a, 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 a electrical bolt across the From door one frame, to the other, yeah, which would a deafen you and then blind you and then probably kill you immediately. Maybe he should have caught those with the fiber optics. I know from the episode with Catlin. <laughs> and then they could have just squeezed right. right, squeezed right through the fiber. Optics. You need some big shitty fiber optic plant. sitting there so you can do that (laughs) so uh david sort of like slides in on a chair and he's holding a bottle of whiskey and macgyver's like listen just keep him busy for a little while i i I gotta go figure some stuff out and he leaves him and so ryman starts talking he's like david what can i do what what did i do he's like you failed me as a father you had mom sign the christmas gifts and he's like i was busy i'm like okay it's like what's my birthday he's like i know it's in may what's my birthday i know it's in may he's like yours is march 11th what's my birthday He's like, May 24th. It's June 6th. But why, what would you care? And he just like slides he's back like, out of the way. Bye. You lose. And then he left. Yeah. Completely. Like He's he's probably had the entire bottle of whiskey at this point. And the only reason that he's not passed out is because his heart is racing. Because he's, he's taken probably nine, 9 to 12 yeah. speed tablets. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, this poor kid. So we cut to MacGyver and he's in a janitor's closet and he takes out the uh, ammonia and the acetic acid, once again, yep. and he fills the spray bottles with them. And what he basically does is when you spray the two liquids up against the metal detector, or not the metal detector, the uh, the motion detector, um, it's enough that those two liquids combined can produce a cloud thick enough to block right. anyone's motion from coming through so that they can run through the door. Which I, judging from the motion sensor they used, I don't, I don't believe that was an infrared sensing motion detector. It looked that like was a security like, camera. <laughs> it looked also like one of those uh, Radio Shack doorbell tickers. Yes. Bing bong. Yes. That's exa- that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a garage door sensor. Yeah. Was- so <laughs> so while this is happening, right before this actually this happened and MacGyver came back, David just completely blacked out drunk. He's like, Bleh. It looked like he was having a, like an embolism. Like he, it, yeah. That part. I, you know, on, on the acting part was good. He was like, oh, oh, and then fell over. Oh, it was very convincing like, and very well done. Convulsed a little bit. It's like, because he's exploding. He's literally about to go. This is like the equivalent of drinking how many monsters in a day. Yeah. He, or, took, he took all of it. This is before they made Four Loco, so they had to do something else. Right. So let's just use speed. Yeah. They they did it in Save by the Bell, and they did it well. Probably the same year. Oh, the one with Jesse? Where Jesse took the speed, and she's singing, right. I'm, I'm so fine. excited. I'm so scared. That was the basic sentiment yeah. of this whole scene. And then she went off and did Showgirls and played she, the same character. She sure did. Ruined her career before it even started. It's <laughs> awful. Um, so they get inside, and uh, David uh, David's dad sits with David for a minute. And then they're like, no, we got to go find this bomb. Now, <laughs> MacGyver picks up the phone because it's been off the hook. And Janet has been sitting on the other end of the line for probably a half an hour. Just probably just staring at the speakerphone. Back, back at David's dorm room. So, yeah, just sitting there at his desk listening to all of this shit. Because until MacGyver and, and the professor showed up at the physics lab, David was on the phone with Janet. Right. 
and then put the phone down. He's like, if you hear anything, Jan, if you hear a big boom, it's just me saying goodbye. So, so bad. And, Puts it down. And yeah. he leaves the phone off the hook, and MacGyver's like, she's, Janet's like, well, we should call the bomb squad. We need to do this, 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 and this. And MacGyver, he pulls a uh, pulls a David Caruso yeah. in CSI Miami and goes, there's no time for the bomb squad. We're the bomb squad. It's like, okay. That's a commercial. Should, <laughs> but you should probably you know, still call everybody, because poor, poor David we, here is we probably going to die. You might want to have some support here. I know you guys can do this, because you can't know when getting it, but you might want to just let alert people right. to what's going No, we're the bomb squad. We're it. We'll do it. No, this is it. It's us. We have the to do this. The entire world, it's the three of us, and you too, Janet, <laughs> even though you're on the phone. Okay, but really, you should no. probably call the paramedics. No. Maybe the, you I know, said he- no! Okay, well, you didn't have to use that sort of harsh language, but... Um, I'm going to go, and uh, I hope you guys make it out of this. Dave finished the damn podcast. <laughs> so they get to the bomb. And it's amazing. It's an amazing bomb. This is like you look at it, and it's so intricate. So not only did he like he wired the screws so they can't take the screws off to take the, the, the top of the casing off. Otherwise, it'll trigger well, the bomb. What's cool about the but, bomb is yes. he built it all into a clear Lexan box. So you can see through it. It's like I'm like he spent forever building this thing. Oh, you absolutely! You can see inside of it. You can see the screws he used to screw all the Lexan together, and they're all everything's wired up, so you can't take the screws out. Right. And what I thought was the best part is his mercury switch. Oh, it was unbelievable! Detonator. So imagine like a petri dish with maybe twelve bare wires sticking into it, like on the face of a clock, and in the middle of that petri dish is a big blob of mercury. Yeah. So no matter you cannot tip it or rock it or do it because it's going to contact any any one of those wires and set the bomb off. Yeah. Which, by the way, is a whole tube of nitroglycerin. <laughs> yes. So right. The entire thing is unstable. Yeah. How he assembled it in the first place, I don't know. No idea. That must have had to have gone in last, or like he put the mercury in, then slid the wiring. Yeah. Around it, but yeah, it so was cool. It's awesome. So. Uh, Raymond and MacGyver are like, well, we can't freeze the mercury because it's too deep down. We can't get the liquid nitrogen they, in there. They did try it. They, they did, did try it. it, and they're like, no, it's too deep, too far in. We can't get to the mercury. We can't open the casing because all the screws are wired. So as soon as we get that one screw out, whole thing goes up. Yep. So MacGyver's like, um, well, I guess we're going to have to find somewhere to contain the bomb. <laughs> To detonate it because there's nothing I can do. What are you talking about? We can't. There's plutonium upstairs. It's gonna make a dirty bomb. It's gonna shower the whole area in plutonium. Well, he's like, well, let's, well, uh, then let's we ha- put it to the elevator and send it to the basement. He's what? Because like, <clears throat> that's the only thing we can do. He's like, I have, n- I got nothing. There's nothing I can do to defuse this bomb. Could so just bring it outside, I guess. Right. So effectively, David has out MacGyvered MacGyver. Yeah. At this point. Because they asked David, like, can you defuse? He's like, nope. He's like, nope, nothing I can do about it. It's foolproof. Like, yeah. clearly it is, too. Yeah. So MacGyver and Raymond, they very slowly lift the bomb onto a rolling chair. Mm-hmm. And they, they keep doing quick cuts back and forth to the mercury, just like slowly sliding like, back and forth on the petri dish. It was good. It was like, this whole, really like, damn, well. That's a, that's a good setup. Well done. So they slide it. They roll it down the hall. And they get to the lip, and they lift it up over the lip. And as they go over the, the lip, the, the lip, the, oh, the, li- the lip of the elevator. As they go over the, the the threshold of the elevator, Raymond kicks the dustpan that MacGyver has used to lock the door in place. Wasn't shut. All oh, right, he took a dustpan, jammed it in the door of the elevator, so it wouldn't close. So they wouldn't have to like wait for the elevator to open. Mm-hmm. So he kicks the dustpan out of the way, and the door shuts, and it basically traps them in the elevator. Traps them in the elevator with the bomb, mm-hmm. and now they're like, well. 
I guess we're going to have to figure out how to destroy this bomb. <laughs> right. Like, oh, like, shit. I, we're, I, we're back to having to defuse it ourselves again. He said something. So he made some reference to there's too much. There's a lot of pressure going on here. MacGyver's like, pressure. Pressure. What is it? He's like, wait, hold on. If I can just... If I can just strip the wire, so he strips the wires from the elevator control panel because those are easy to open. Of course they are, absolutely. And he just like rips a bunch of wires out. It'd be really great if you ripped out the wrong wire and it just sent the elevator just barreling. So this is the the, okay. So here's another here's another tangent. Have you ever seen the movie uh, The Pink Panther, Return of the Pink Panther? Yes. The, um, when uh, Inspector Clouseau goes to the house of uh, of uh, what's his name the the uh, I can't. Yeah, Christopher Plummer's character. Yes, I don't remember. Yeah, and he pulls off the doorknob or the uh, the bell ringer because it keeps ringing. Yeah, and he walks like halfway across the yard because the wires keep coming out of the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what happens when MacGyver opens the the control panel in the elevator. (laughs) So many wires, and he just he pulls out like (laughs) six feet worth of wires. Like, yeah. Like okay, that's just all in there, loose. Like okay, yeah. fine. Just and then dangling strips around. the ends. They kind of crack open the box. Yep. And the idea is to use the two wires to short out underneath the little plate that's holding the mercury. Yep. Enough to heat up the mercury and vaporize it. Right. And so that's what they attempt to do. They don't end up vaporizing the mercury, but they shatter the petri dish. Which effectively renders the bomb useless. And right. It's like with half a second left. Like somehow it half work. Like it works, but it instead of just vaporizing the mercury, it breaks everything. Right. And it was like you see the clock go to one second, and then it cuts back, and so it's probably got half a second left on this time clock. And MacGyver does his don't hit maneuver. Where he puts his arms up over his head. Still hit. Yeah. And the bomb doesn't go off. Right. And they kind of they're like. Okay, well, right. see, my initial thought was is that he just, um, I thought David created the bomb as a dummy bomb, just as like a threat yes. initially, because that's just what it felt like at first, because it got really close to zero. No, that's what, it could have been, I didn't, you know, you said that when we were watching it, that it was a dummy bomb, and it was just a test. Right. But I thought it was a real bomb, and it, he literally had to defuse it. Because it goes past a second left, right. and then the and then the it just, sh- just cracks, because they were talking mm-hmm. about... When they touch those two wires together, it should be enough to vaporize the mercury. He didn't say, like, there's a possibility that it would break the... So I'm wondering if he rigged it so that at the one-second mark, it would just just shut itself down. Really interesting. Interesting thought. That's another layer of of complexity to the David character. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So we cut back to after commercial and, you know, David's being taken out on the gurney. He's Mm -hmm. obviously getting medical treatment. I still don't understand how he's awake. He's got probably close to a dozen... (laughs) <laughs> pills in his system plus an entire bottle of whiskey the fact that he's still awake yeah. and conscious and actually talking is yeah. amazing to mm-hmm. me um <laughs> uh the, his dad is like listen i'll be here i'll be here for you as long as it takes you to recover i promise i'll be here i, I absolutely right before they leave professor turns around and looks at macgyver and just kind of stops to thank him one more time and macgyver just gives him a, a smile and a freeze frame <laughs> <laughs> and, here you go. and we end the episode here here's a signed photo of me <laughs> back to the abrupt ending so know? this big it was i mean what i liked about it is it started off with a lot of characters but it ended up with just three really just yeah because janet disappears shortly after she's still on the phone <laughs> hey guys hello? it's like a tag at the end of the credits yeah but got are you guys still in there hello did the bomb go off i'm still in i'm still in david's room 
I didn't hear anything. Uh, there's a weird guy. He's bald. He's just sitting on the edge of the bed, huh. and he's just staring at me. He's talking about MacGyver. I, I don't know. I don't know who that is. He told me he told me that it's it's the fall semester and I'm supposed to leave. This is his room now. He, it's very bizarre. He's actually right now he's 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 clipping his toenails. Weird. I don't I don't understand what he's doing. But anyway, if you guys could come let me know when when you get back if the bomb hasn't gone off. Yes. Yes, Janet, tell MacGyver to come back. Click. Click. Yeah, he's still clipping his toenails. Quail <laughs> sitting there on the side of the bed. <laughs> um yeah, so like you said, it was it was good. I did like that it sort of dwindled because like after each after each um, barricade was dis- was was basically figured out, mm-hmm. that character left left. Yeah. So like after the keypad, the key locks, like mm-hmm. Aaron left. Yeah. After the, the wine glass, um, uh, Hillary left. Never see her again. <laughs> Jeffrey leave. I didn't like that there was no closure on the Jeffrey thing. Yeah. I wish right. that they had at least suspended him or like just cut him off from the semester or something but wouldn't it be like, funny if you found out that he's like in detention in the basement of the fin- f- 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 the, the building <laughs> yeah the physics building and they were just gonna blow him up yeah they, they all this time they knew he was down there and they're just gonna send the elevator down <laughs> the elevator opens and he's like jeffrey's like oh thank god somebody came to <laughs> figure this out jeffrey <laughs> but then i was thinking to myself like if they put that elevator down on the basement level and it detonated do you think it's still? I mean, I guess it would have had matter. Didn't how powerful that bomb would have been? Yeah, and also for like it to have like knocked out the whole bottom floor. This is something to contain it in. Well, generally, if you contain an explosion, it makes it worse. Right. Right. I don't know. Like, I guess it depends on the size of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. A big old brick building. Um, maybe. Overall, though, I I did like it because yeah. what I also liked, and I said this to you while we watched it, I liked that there were no there was no villain. No, really, no villain. I mean, you could you could make the case for David or even Professor Ryman, but like David did it because he was hurt by his dad, and he was like, "Okay, Dad, you want to see how good I am? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get it. Let's do I'm it. I'm gonna make you yeah. bomb." I just like that there was no villain, and after two weeks ago with the freaking warden and the sheriff, God, those scumbags. Even Murdoch from the from last episode that we did. <laughs> yeah. This was nice. It was just like a quiet, like it really was single location. You get the dorm and the physics lab. That's yeah. it. It was great. I That's thought true. I thought that was cool. In fact, I'm gonna you know what? It I'm also took, update my mullet rating. For it me. also took place in the fall, and it kind of made me feel good. I'm like, oh yeah, the fall. It's my favorite season. It is absolutely pumpkin pie, apple spice lattes. <sighs> I do like pumpkin iced coffee. Shipyard pumpkin head. Oh, it's so good. It is pretty damn so good. So good. Um, I actually just upped my I upped my rating by a half a mullet. I see it. Um, so, I see it, David. I see it. Do you want to go over your breakdown first? Sure. All so right. I gave it one mullet for uh, more Mac history. Like Mac went to the school. Mac, you know, he was a, a student here. You saw the photo of him with that big bushy mustache and the hair. Yeah. Um, you saw his professor. And you, you just learned a little bit more about MacGyver's background, kind of more of the timeline, because he said it was 1973 when he was there. So you get an idea of maybe what Mac was doing. Yeah. Um, another mullet for the small cast, ending up with really essentially three plus Janet. Um, and then uh, another mullet for the crazy bomb that Mac couldn't defuse. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. And he, the only way he could defuse it was by, like, damaging it. Like, right. Not like cleverly taking part by like messing it up. Yeah, it was which great. I'm just gonna say, um, you don't want to breathe mercury vapor. Probably not. Mm. It's probably not gonna do well on you. No, nope. but um, apparently they did. Yep, and that's it okay. Pro- it went all over the place. Yeah, 
Um, all right, so I go one mullet for the barricade contest. I thought it was a really clever contest. I thought it was mm. really cool, with the exception of the locks. I thought most of them were actually pretty clever. Yes, um, pretty well done. Uh, one mullet for Mustache Mac. Mm-hmm. Again, we will post that picture. You'll probably see it. Mustache probably Mac. see it either today as the episode releases or or the day before. Um, one mullet for the amazingly crafted bomb. So we had two of the same. I just much. thought you said amazingly crafted bum. Or that. MacGyver does have an amazingly crafted bum bum. Sculpted over years of running from people shooting at him. And then my final mullet, which I just updated, was a half a mullet for the single location. Yeah, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I liked I like single location episodes like that. They I don't, don't happen often, but I liked them. I also like the fact... You know what? Okay, so there was the one that we didn't like where the girl uh, goes down to get her father out of prison... Not, not the 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 weird like paintball episode. The not the one with Sister Margaret. No, no, no. But anyway, it uh, it all took place pretty much in one place at night. Too. Yes, I like the night episodes. Where yes, it's quiet, absolutely, kind of brooding. So this was good. Uh, it just worked really, really well for me. So I'm I'm actually going to end it at three and a half. Okay, I'll end it at five. three. So that's yeah. not bad. So it's good actually. Um, considering that we both started off feeling a little, um, upset about the episode. Um, yeah. it really it really rebounded itself pretty well. Um, so yeah, so that'll do it there. So Greg, do you want to, uh, you want to hear about next episode? Oh, do I ever? All right. Next episode is season three, episode 10. Um, as of that episode, actually, Greg, we are halfway through season three. Oh, that's it's moving fantastic. pretty quick. Yeah. So yeah, season three, episode 10 blowout, a terrorist working with a bomb expert wants Nikki Carpenter dead. So it's up to MacGyver to go through her past records and find out why someone would want to kill her. Dead. I can tell you why somebody would want to kill her. Cause Whoa. she's a hoe. Dude, what? Dude, are you serious? What? That's just mean. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I'm actually I starting gotta... to like Nikki. I kind of am hoping that with the ba- maybe more backstory about Nikki, we might enjoy her a little bit more. Because yeah. Widowmaker sort of upped the ante for me in liking this character. Because I, I think they did, did that on purpose. Wrote her in to be a little bit more nurturing than just yes. belligerent. And you know what? I'm always, I keep forgetting that she was the brother of the guy that was killed. Danny. Several- yeah, not too long ago. Yeah, like no, she didn't grieve, right? So that actually is a good point about Widowmaker. It would have been great if she's like, "Listen, my brother died a month ago." Yeah, I was back to work within a couple of days. Like, so you get over it, get over yourself. I loved my brother. I've known him longer than you've known Mike. Right? <laughs> so, exactly. Eat so, shit. So if I could bury my feelings, so can you. So. Get in there and deal with Murdoch because he's burning down Pete's cabin. But that was last week's episode. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So, good episode overall. Um, so, that's going to wrap it up for uh, this week's episode of Mullets and Memories. If you liked what you heard and you like this stuff and you want to hear more from us and you want to hear more shows like this after one with MacGyver. You want to hear um, more from Quail? Yes. You can find us on Let Us Blow Your Mind Not at gmail.com. Stewie Griffin. Um, yeah, that really was, wasn't it? <laughs> um, a little bit. You can find us on Instagram at Champa Klein. We are we're getting pretty close to a nice uh, mile for us. It's a milestone. We're getting close to 200 followers on Instagram, which I'm pretty psyched about. Yeah. Um, so you can find us there. You can find us on Twitter at Blow Your Mind 14. You can find us on Facebook at Champa Klein Blow Your Mind. You can find our website champacline.com where we have all of our past episodes archived. So anything that you can't find of ours on Apple Podcasts, you can take uh, take it to the website champacline.com and you can download them right there. You can listen to them right through the website. So I would encourage anyone who wants to listen to some of the, our other stuff, uh, go ahead over to the website. 
Um, you can go ahead and subscribe to us wherever you find podcasts, Spreaker, uh, Apple Podcasts, um, a handful of other uh, uh, podcasting platforms. So anyway, for Mullets and Memories this week, I am Dave Champa. I'm Greg Klein. Have a fantastic week, guys. Well, and maybe it's time for a